Shooters Connection offers products for competition shooters by competition shooters. With over 80 years of combined competition shooting experience, Shooters Connection is staffed by master and grandmaster shooters who live the shooting sports every day. Every day. We offer same-day shipping. Shooters Connection also sponsors over 100 of your matches every single year. So when it comes to finding everything you need to compete as a beginner or a seasoned grandmaster, Shooters Connection is the only name you need to know. Online at ShootersConnectionStore.com. Action. I guess I'm doing the intro. Welcome back. This is the Hip Factor Podcast. Uh, we have myself, Jeremy. We have first time. Are you? Is this first time participant, Bill? Yeah, Mr. Bill Godwell should be Area Four Director. Uh, we've got a bunch of losers that did not vote for him, and and clearly, clearly the uh, the evidence and the proof is in the pudding, and that they made a big mistake by not voting for Mr. Bill Godwell. And then we have uh, an, another new guest. Uh, who is joining us strangely he's from ada oklahoma but why don't you introduce yourself uh hey <laughs> I'm, I'm jeff he's trying from he's, ada. Trying to, he's trying to sound normal and uh jeff can't breathe out of his nose which normally he only breathes about his nose about 20 percent because all yeah. like he's got a, just a terrible nose uh yeah. but now it's completely occluded and so it's it's bad because I already have like a pretty nasally voice, right? Uh, so this makes it roughly fifty times worse. Yeah, uh, fifty times better is is my how I how I view it. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. So, but there there are current events in USPSA that, quite frankly, Jeff and I don't love spending a ton of time talking about. Uh, but it's just it's just current events that are going on. That's is the org an organization anymore? Were they have they been an organization since like 1985? Because was it all filed correctly? And then what does that mean for anything else going forward? Or you know, people that have been banned or anything like that? Is there a class action lawsuit going on? There's all this sort of stuff. And then on top of all that, well, to to lay the scene, we had a we've had two presidents have basically been canned. One was just canned as president entirely because of basically behavior unbecoming of the president. The next one lost his RO certification uh, because of behavior unbecoming of an RO or president. And the person who <laughs> took was... his RO certification it... away, like what, Jeff? Uh, I was just going to say it was the Dicks for Deltas thing, right? Yes, that's that's basically basically the event that 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 took place but then the person who had the huge problem with that mr uh, troy mcmanus troy mcmanus himself dnroi uh found himself in a rather unflattering i'm gonna say put himself in a rather unfavorable position at the recent open pcc nationals and what yeah. happened was is there was this was during staff match i'm going based off of what i have seen in my understanding of this event there was a staff match there was an ro who was shooting the staff match who was going to ro for the match he had posted something on his i believe facebook or social media of some kind that troy did not 
like. I don't know what it was, but Troy did not like it. And at some point early on in the match, Troy comes running up on it with his golf cart and jumps out and just starts screaming at the guy, telling him he has to take it down right away and just goes off on the guy. And later comes back six hours later, I believe he was told you need to go apologize to this person because that is not how we should behave. And he goes and apologizes and Troy on the DNROI podcast, whatever it is made an apology, but his apology was simply, if I offended you, I'm sorry. Not that he was actually sorry for that behavior. Yeah. Yeah. So classic non-apology apology. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, the, it's not like this doesn't surprise anybody who's been around Troy at all. Like there's absolutely no surprise that he would behave in this way. No, it's, and so I don't know what to tell people other than we're paying him six figures, uh, to do a job that doesn't really seem like we need him to be doing that job. Uh, and quite frankly, he should just be let go because he's just a jerk. Like, like the members are paying his salary. He should treat members. Well, like he's being paid very well to do what he does. He should be nice to the people that pay him. And he's not right. And he's not good at his job either, which is, I don't know. I felt like it was, it's kind of interesting. Him being like, uh, you know, one of the people that works for the org that interacts with the members the most you know, going to the matches and, and doing the DNROI thing, uh, answering the, the questions and all this is is not a position that the members could do anything about. Right. Yeah. yeah strange. It's, it's really strange. So I, I don't know what, I don't really don't know what else to say other than I've said it for a long time. Troy needs to go. Like he's he's an embarrassment to the org. He's an embarrassment yeah. in that position. Uh and like he needs to go. I, I, I really don't know what else to say beyond that. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I really don't a lot of times I like to give people the benefit of the doubt or be the devil's devil's advocate or whatever, but I really don't in this situation. I don't I don't feel any need to do that. No, any kind of real job, he would already be gone. Yeah, true. And like he set the precedent, right? Like if you're going to be an RO, then you have to you have to behave in a certain level of decorum. And he's not meeting that level of decorum that he set. So by his own rules, you're gone. Go. I don't know what the rule is for DNROI. If he can still serve as DNROI, if his RO certification gets pulled. Um, but I would assume that he can't serve in that position any longer, uh, which as much as I don't like the board, I would love if that was the route that they went is that they just, rather than fire him, they pulled his RO certs. It's like, Oh, well, you can't serve as DNROI anymore. Yeah. Classic. That would be, that would be fantastic. Yeah, it would. So the other, the, anybody else got anything else on Troy? I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah, I mean, well, 
you just hear so many people, like every encounter with Troy is is not great. It's not good. It's not even good. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know that I've I've ever spoken to somebody that was like, Oh, I had a really good conversation with Troy or Troy explained this to me in a great way that I understood it. You know, he he really like puts people down. He tries to make people feel stupid. Uh, he lashes out and I think he's an asshole. Yeah, I've I've I don't know if I've ever seen him treat somebody with just a simple level of respect. Like just just respectfully. Right. Like it, like yeah. I just haven't I haven't seen that. My interactions with him have have never been a matter of like being treated like with respect. Uh like I just this doesn't really happen with him. So Oh and, and the other yeah, thing that's that, all I got I mean, yeah, obviously, like, it's kind of crazy with the org uh, where you would think, being that we shoot guns, like, we should be pretty far right wing. Like, we're pretty far. Like, you would think that we would kind of think more like that. And yet, Troy is upset and mad because he wants to censor somebody's First Amendment rights. How in the world is Billy McScrublord in here again, Jeff? I don't know, dude. I don't know. Like, we're getting hacked. Dude, he wasn't <laughs> lying when he said he freaking hacked the podcast. I have no idea. Oh, okay. Uh, but, yeah, like, so, it's it amazes me. <laughs> well, I mean, Billy McScrublord's amazing that he hacked us. Uh, but it, it does amaze me that... Uh, how how much the board makes decisions like you would expect more left wing liberals to run an organization for whatever that's worth. Jeff's trying to figure out why, how Billy got in. Yeah, <laughs> totally distracted. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, that's a, that's enough on Troy. Let's move on. Uh, okay, so then the next thing is is I don't know who originally uncovered it. If it was Practical Shooting Insights who originally uncovered it, or if it was the lawsuit with uh, it was a Joe Rakowski was the. But basically, my understanding is that the documents that were filed whenever. USPSA became a uh what are they? Nonprofit something nonprofit other? corporation. Nonprofit corporation. So apparently it wasn't filed correctly such that basically they've been operating as an entity that really hasn't been an official entity uh as far as taxes concerned. Right. So Jeremy, you probably have an LLC mm-hmm. for your gun business. And you yeah. have to file a uh either a report or you have to pay taxes to the state every year to keep your LLC in good stand. Correct. And what it looks like or or what Joe claims in the lawsuit is that uh, the USBSA didn't file its annual reports with the state of Delaware because it's a Delaware corporation. Okay. You're a, you've got a Texas LLC. So mm-hmm. you have to file them with the state of Texas. 
they didn't file their annual reports that are required for nonprofits, or uh, they didn't pay whatever uh, franchise tax or whatever it is uh, for nonprofits to stay in good standing. And usually those are, you know, a hundred bucks, 200 bucks yeah. a year or something like that. Um, and in the lawsuit, he says that the last time that was done properly was in 2015. And after three years of not complying with that, the state of Delaware will void the uh, corporation registration. And wow. you can you can revive it by filing some paperwork. It looks like within the last week or so, the organization did that. But it also looks like somebody else got the 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 name of the organization because the new revival has a different name. Uh, pre- <laughs> previously, it was the the actual name of USPSA was the United States Practical Shooting Association slash IPSA. Okay. And now it is uh, the United States Practical Shooting Association hyphen International Practical Shooting Confederation. Wow. So, like, okay. I mean, like, so the the lawsuit is correct. I mean, Joe it, is correct that they they were not operating as a they were nothing for the last five years. Right. That's how it looks. Yeah. So, okay, so as a... Really as a, for the, the last eight. The last eight uh, years, okay. that was the last time they complied. Okay. So, okay, so from a, a layman's perspective, from my perspective, it's like, okay, a little bit... So what? I mean, like, there's a there's a filing error, which, which can be fixed, but they were still... They were still operating uh, and... You know, we were paying our we were paying our membership fees. Uh, we were paying match fees, and they were running matches. They were running the org like they were. You know, you got your classification, we you got your rule book. You know, kind of what you get with membership fees. So, really, for the majority of USPSA shooters, it's a little bit kind of no harm, no foul, as far as like we've kind of gotten what we've paid for, right? But the few people who have not gotten what they've paid for, meaning the people who have been banned uh, and, and that sort of stuff, they somewhat have a legitimate claim. It sounds like to like, Hey, these people have stopped me from doing what I want. And yet they don't have any position or authority to stop me from doing it. Right. And that's basically what Joe's claim is in his lawsuit is that they weren't following the laws of Delaware. Um, that the the bylaws that USPSA has weren't enacted in in a way consistent with the laws of Delaware, uh, and the like the the Delaware laws say that for a nonprofit corporation, you have to have a member vote on bylaws, or you can't have a member vote. I think it's required. Um. I think I saw in the lawsuit that it said it was required to have a member vote. And uh, for, as far as Joe says in the lawsuit, that's never happened with any of the sets of bylaws that USPSA has adopted uh, since 1985. Uh, And I, I 
kind of talked about this some with Ben. Like, you know, if they've been operating for almost 40 years, and this didn't come up until now, uh, they will probably get a... I, I would think that they would get a pass for probably up until 2015 when they way, when they went out of compliance because up you know 30 years and nobody ever complained yeah uh, but once somebody complains they have to look at everything so it, re- it really depends it's the classic lawyer answer to any question right well, what happens if i do this oh it depends uh, yeah but the, the joke is before you go to law school Somebody asks you a legal question, you say, I don't know. After you graduate, you say, it depends. <laughs> really the same thing. Right. Okay. So let's just, let's just say Joe wins his lawsuit. Okay. Let's say he goes through, he wins his lawsuit. He proves, hey, none of the bylaws that have been passed in the last eight years have been done correctly. Would that, would the, would that automatically force them to revert back to the bylaws that were in place in 2015? I think it might. Um, Especially since uh, not only were they not voted on by members, but the the board was acting uh, as a board of a corporation that wasn't in good standing. So, I mean, if... One of the reasons you have to be in good standing is you have to be in good standing to answer lawsuits, to file lawsuits, to do anything related Mm -hmm. to uh, the state. Um, And even if they had only been out of compliance for a year or two, uh, because Joe sued them, they would have had to get caught up on their taxes in order to even answer the lawsuit. Uh, Oh, wow. The if if this had been caught uh, before 2018, the USPSA would have been able to keep the the name that it was registered under. Once it passed that three year date and it got voided, that was when the game, the name went up for grabs to anybody. <laughs> okay, so well, I've got a couple of questions coming out of that. Yeah. One. Uh, I guess anybody who's won a CO national title, like we can be, we can strip those all out. You're not, a, you haven't won CO at all. There have been zero CO national titles because it wasn't a real division ever. Uh, and yeah. I, that may be the case for PCC. I can't remember when PCC uh, came a thing, but I think it was after 2015. Um, so, so there sorry are about you. Yeah, Dude, there's so there, many there's things. Good upsides. Yeah, so sorry, yeah. Max. Like you're gonna lose like five national titles off of your record. Uh, Nils, sorry, you lost one. Christian, yeah, cool that you won that match this year, but it didn't really count for anything. Uh, which then you would have a bunch of people wanting to sue for money. Uh, <laughs> like, hey, wait, no. wait, my I got sponsors involved here. Jeff, well, that also, great. okay. So they changed a bunch of equipment rules and stuff, right? Yep. Yeah. So pretty much any, oh, probably, I mean, you're making some assumptions, but most people shooting production or single stack, like probably their gear was out of compliance 
uh, since those changes have occurred. So yeah, move everything have... back behind your hip bones. No magnets. Yeah, uh, all that no, stuff. No small part changes. Yeah, your uh, no uh, no Cajun Gunworks hammers. Yeah, so no forty-five ounce uh, minor guns in single stack. Yep. That's pretty. Yeah, I wonder what. Uh, I don't oh, know. it would just be it would be mass chaos, right? Because then everybody yeah. like like everybody be trying to get their guns in compliance, and then is the board like how quickly can the board rechange the bylaws again, or or get a member vote and approve member vote? Will the members actually approve all of the previous bylaw changes? Are they organized? Not. Are they organized enough to have like left a trail for themselves to to show all the changes they've made every year? Or are they gonna have to recreate the wheel for the changes over the last so many years? I mean you can go back to just whatever rule book was in place in twenty fifteen and you can find that. Yeah. Did, the the bylaws that get posted on the website are always have like a date they went into effect. So I would be optimistic that there's a file somewhere with every set of bylaws changes. Right. That would, that would be smart. So if we could delete Might that file, delete that <laughs> file, we could start over. Look, there Billy you. hacked us, so I'm sure he can hack them. Look, Scrub Lord, now's your time. Now's the time. <laughs> Okay, so then my other question is, like, who crapped the bed here? Like, is this is this the board? Is this the attorney? Is it their uh, who is it? It's, I I think I was talking to Austin, and he his thinking was that because uh, it was around twenty fifteen twenty sixteen when. As I understand it, I wasn't a member then. I wasn't shooting. Um, that uh, the organization went from having a executive director to having a president who did everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, his thinking, which makes sense, is that this was one of the duties of the executive director to to take care of this stuff. And then when they eliminated that position. They didn't. They either didn't know, or it got lost in the shuffle, and nobody picked up after that change. Classic. That's like Which, classic uh, workplace shenanigans. <laughs> Which is understandable, but it also doesn't really make sense because if you don't pay your taxes or, or do your reporting with the state, they send you something to say, "Hey, right." Well, wouldn't where, an accountant? Wouldn't an accountant have picked this up? Like, hey, like you're supposed to do this? Right. You would think an accountant would say, hey, the last five years you've spent however much on uh, filings with the Delaware Secretary of State and you didn't last year or this year. Uh, why not? Which is yeah. pretty interesting because Pat Brown has, I feel like he's brought up on multiple occasions that the, uh, the documents that they like put forth from their, you know, accountants or CPAs, like 
the the language is not professional or doesn't make sense. Uh, so that does make you wonder. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I just I love hearing Jeff right now talk about being professional <laughs> and the language isn't right. <laughs> just, Shut up. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's just cracking me up. I'm sorry. It shouldn't, but it it does, and it distracts me. I can't help it. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's, it's it's a mess. Which I don't know why it surprises me. I don't know what the what it's going to look like going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is like classic, like uh, workplace shenanigans. Drop the ball stuff, though. It's like you fire somebody. And then and nobody knows every, what they did. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's <laughs> trying to figure out what that guy did. And they're like, oh, wait, shit, he did that. Oh, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, but apparently whoever they put in the new ED position or managing director, whatever they're calling them now, they didn't know about it either because they didn't catch it either. So they didn't exactly right. hire somebody yeah. that was competent. The, the new managing director started. What beginning of twenty two? Beginning of, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And so, so it wasn't done last year. Yeah, either. yeah, Correct. yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure they had an independent audit done here in the last year. At least they said they did. So yeah. I would think even if even if their accountant didn't catch it, surely if they had a legit audit done and they paid attention to that audit, they would have got it. Because Joe figured it out. Yeah. Like, if well, Joe I mean, figured it out, surely somebody can. I, I don't know if Joe figured it out or if Joe's attorney figured it out. One thing when you do whenever you're suing a corporation is you look up its information to make sure you serve the right people. Like, yeah, USTSA right. doesn't have an office in Delaware, so you can't send it to USTSA's office yeah. in Delaware and tell them to serve the president. You have to serve whoever their registered agent is. Uh, and so you look it up to see who the registered agent is. And when you look it up and it says it's, uh, once you look it up there, you see information that makes you want to say in Delaware anyway, in Arkansas, this stuff is, uh, you don't have to pay for it, but in Delaware, if you want to get the detailed information, you got to pay 20 bucks or so. Hmm. Um, so. If you're going to sue him, you're going to pay 20 bucks to see what's going on. So is Joe suing for punitive damages? Um, I think he might be. Give me a second. I have the lawsuit here open. Uh, uh, He wanted compensatory damages, uh, attorney's fees, punitive damages, um, interest, costs, etc. So what would all that like amount to the org having to pay him or like say he just won, he won everything. He was right. He wins everything he wants. If he's right and he wins everything, I mean, he's going to have to prove that he suffered however much in damages he suffered. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's asking for at least 25,000 uh, punitive damages. If they're awarded are usually. Uh, I mean, depending on the situation, they could be just an extra flat amount or they could be double or triple. Um, Who would, where would that come from? uh, 
depending on what the how the judgment shook out, it could be just USPSA, it could be USPSA and all of the named board members. And he, oh, would, be, wow. he would be able to go after any of them for the full amount. And then uh, like if he goes after USPSA for the full amount, uh, USPSA would probably have to go after the other defendants to get reimbursed for their share. Which is wow. also a conflict of interest because now you've got several named board members who are in charge of USPSA who are also defendants. And yeah. they would rather... I, I mean, if I were getting sued along with a corporation I own, uh, and if it's a for-profit corporation and I'm the sole owner, then it doesn't really matter to me who right. pays the damages. It, it's yeah. coming from me either way. Yeah. If, if you have... Uh, if you're managing this corporation for other people and you're sued, then you have a duty as the the director of the corporation to try to get those wh whatever you can back to the corporation. Like you don't want the corporation to foot the bill for all these these uh, individual defendants. So, and I assume this will be people who are board members when it, like, this will go back people who are board members when Joe was terminated. Right. Like, so He's, current, like, like Scott Arnberg wasn't on the board when that decision was made, right? So would he still right. be a, he would, he, he's not listed as a defendant, is he? No. He, he listed, uh, Sherwin, Bruce Gary, Layton, Kevin Collins, uh, Chad, uh, Rick, Rick Steele. Uh, Bruce Wells, uh, Lee Cabana, and Ted Murphy. Okay. Okay. Wow, that's uh, uh, so I don't know. It's strange. I I mean, it'll be curious. Just it'll be fascinating to see how it plays out. Uh, is there? Do you think there's any chance they would just settle out of court, or will this? You think this will go to a judge? Uh I mean, the smart thing to do would be to settle it out of court. It's always better, if you can, to try to settle it. I, I say always. It's almost always better to try to settle it out of court. Mm -hmm. Because then you have some degree of control over what is going to happen. Yeah. If it goes in front of a judge, the judge decides what's going to happen. Or if there's a jury, the jury decides what's going to happen. You, you just have to take whatever they hand down. If you, yeah. If you settle it, you can, uh, I mean, you s save money on attorney fees because you're not going to trial. You save money right. on all the costs. I mean, there are going to be depositions. I'm sure there are going to be depositions. Uh, depositions in, in something like this. You'd be like deposing Leighton, and that's an eight-hour day. And then you depose uh, Kevin Collins. That's another eight-hour day. Holy and, cow. And what's an attorney's hourly rate for something like that? Roughly, uh, when I charge hourly, I charge two fifty an hour. Okay, man, I should have been an attorney. Come in. I like to argue. Probably not smart enough, though. I, I've met some attorneys that are. Uh, it, it's worrying that they got licensed. <laughs> 
that's, that's what she'd be saying if you if I was an attorney and you met me as an attorney. You're like, yep, I guess some pass through. Oh, her. What do you think? I mean, like this. This is probably you probably can't even speculate. What do you think Joe is paying an attorney fees just to like get all this? To, I mean, obviously, if he wins, his attorney fees are gonna the org's gonna pay his attorney fees, right? Right. But well, he he's asking for them. The judge can always say no. You don't get your attorney fees. Yeah. What do you think attorney fees for something like this would run? Oh man, if it if it went all the way to trial, I could see Joe easily spending twenty or thirty thousand on attorney fees. Wow! Just with all the depositions, reviewing all of the discovery, because uh, I mean, you're looking at at least eight or nine depositions just of the named defendants. If you have to depose anybody who works for the, the organization. Yeah, uh, that that's more depositions. Um, if it's a two or three day trial, if it's a bench trial, uh, it's two or three days in court plus prep time. It once you go to court, it adds up real fast. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. I assume this would be in Delaware. Uh, he sued them in Ohio because oh. uh, USPSA is conducting business or operating in Ohio. You know, it sanctions matches in Ohio. It recruits members from Ohio. So it it's likely got the the minimum required contact probably to be sued in any state, not just in Washington state or in Delaware. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> that's uh that's fascinating. Uh Jeff, you got any more questions about all of this? Uh no, I don't think so. That was a uh, that was a nice little dive. Very informative. Appreciate that, Bill. You got anything <clears throat> that we haven't asked that you think people should hear about? Uh, I mean none of none of this is going to happen fast. Yeah. It's, how, it's, so I mean, like, tip, like, how long do you think this would take? To I mean, I know that's all speculation, but. I could see it taking a year or two. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. I know around here, uh, trials, big trials get scheduled about a year in advance. Okay. Uh, wow. And the, the, the discovery process is slow. You know, you gotta, you gotta coordinate, um, however many people, however many lawyers on both sides, the, the deponents have to coordinate as well. Um, any written discovery, you know, you send it and they get at least 30 days to respond to that. Man, I've watched suits. That stuff all happens in like one or two weeks. Okay. Good, good point. Good point. I don't think it, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> this stuff, wham, bam. It goes real quick. Yeah. So it's, but so basically it's all a big hubbub right now and we're not going to hear anything about it for probably at least a year from now. Um. Well, we'll, we will hear something, I imagine, in the next month or two, once all the defendants start filing answers. But I imagine most of those answers will just be, we deny everything. Or we deny oh, okay. almost everything, uh, except for, you know, 
Chad might say, I deny everything, but yes, I am a resident of whatever county in uh, Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Crazy, crazy time in this sport. Crazy, crazy time. So it is back to Ironsight Nationals then. Limited Optics is not a division or even a provisional division. So That's a good point. We can just change it back to Ironsight. Yep. Yep. Might as well. Boys, bring out your single stacks for nationals. Are you going to uh, be sure and like adjust your gear so that you meet the previous requirements, <laughs> so that when mm. everybody else gets disqualified, you're default national champion? Uh, I think all my about. stuff is still. I think all my stuff is still compliant. Oh, you don't have a magnet. Uh, are you using a dropped offset holster? No, I didn't change my holster. Okay. Um, so I think that's, so I have, I, I'm not sure if Henning's, like the Henning magnet pouch is, I don't know if that would have been compliant before the rule change or not. That's a good question. Sure. I want to say magnets just got added to production single stack and carry optics. <laughs> yeah, they it's, definitely were Within added. the last couple of years. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what the, like what level of retention if it had to be completely enclosed all the way around in the past, I just don't remember what that was for the Kydex for that retention, what it had to be. Cause the, like the, yeah. the handing one is a little bit different than just a, a round magnet, right? Like there's, it, it retains it and holds it in a specific place. It probably is not. So, but I'll probably leave it on just because yeah. everything else is, I think compliant. You get bumped to open like everybody else at that match. Yeah, that would be hilarious. Everybody, yep, you're all bumped to open. Sorry. Be great. I'd be I'd be down for that. Yeah. All right, Jeff, do we have questions this week? Uh, we have some questions, yes. But let's do our shout-outs and show sponsors. You want to you take the show sponsors so I don't have to... No, you know, we want to hear talk. it. No, nope. Let's hear it, Jeff. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you, Shooters Connection, for sponsoring today's show. Uh, if you guys know Shooters Connection, they sponsor a lot of matches. Uh, big industry partner. You see about a lot of matches. They got everything you need on their online store for shooting, as far as training goes, equipment, uh, holsters, mag pouches, gun parts, guns, everything you need from Shooters Connection. They're shipping nice and quick, same day shipping, and they're run by competitive competitive shooters, people that know the industry. So support Shooters Connection. Thank you to them for uh, supporting supporting the show. And we also got at least one shout out from our Discord patrons. It's coming from Billy. He said, shout out to our main man in Area 4, Bill Godbold, who I frequently collaborate with regarding USPSA shitposting and memes. <laughs> Solid. True. So there's a couple of shout outs there. Uh, that's all we got there. We want to do uh, field a question. Well, actually, first, before we get into a question, uh, let's. We should have done this at the beginning. Can we get a, a a quick bio from Bill? Bill, like, 
I know we just like jumped right in this other than like you were an Area 4 guy and nobody voted for you. But, however. Who? Not nobody. <laughs> just, not, just not a proper majority here. Come on, Jeff. <laughs> um, like, who are you? When did you start shooting? Uh, why, why are you relevant to this conversation that we just had? So kind of like start from the beginning, you know, before law school and all that. Well, I originally went to school for engineering and I ended up not liking it. Uh, I took some classes in writing and ended up going to law school uh, to try to get paid for that. Um, I've pretty much done bankruptcy and debtor creditor uh, law the entire time I've been practicing. I'm licensed here in Arkansas. Uh, I got into shooting in um, at the end of 2018. Uh, mainly shoot production. I've shot a little bit of Chaotics and Limited, but uh, I still like production the best. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how much the the board screws it up. Whether they make it 15 rounds or leave it at 10. Right. Um, I like 10 rounds. 15 would be okay, but it's fixing a stage problem with a rule change, which is yeah. the best way to do it. Yeah. So, uh, why did you get into shooting? Like, what, what got you into shooting? Uh, a guy I went to law school with asked me uh, asked me for some help on a on a case that he was not, he wasn't, it was bankruptcy adjacent. So he asked me for some help on it because he knew that was what I mainly did. And I helped him out. And then he said, hey, we're having this shooting match. Uh, you should come out next weekend. I've got guns and holsters and ammo you can use. I said, okay, I'll give it a, I'll, I'll give it a try, see what this is all about. And I had a great time. And uh, I've been shooting it pretty much ever since. Awesome. And like, What's your level of involvement in the sport? Like, what's your level of effort? Uh, my level of effort is fairly low at the moment. <laughs> uh, I'm B class in production. Uh, I do my daily dry fire like once a month, whether I need to or not. <laughs> uh, Solid. <laughs> so, uh, I, I should. I should do more dry fire. I'm just lazy. So it's a, it's a never ending battle to, to work on stuff that you want to work on. And, uh, and uh, well, we have a, uh, a when I do dry uh, fire, I see results. So it's like, this is what I need to do to get better. Yeah. And then I just don't do it. Uh, it's a, a common refrain, I think. Gotcha. Well, okay, so I have a, I have a kind of a question on that, but do you enjoy the sport at your current level of participation? Yeah, I have a good time. Like, and so, like, there's a certain point. It's like, well, if you're enjoying the sport at the current level of participation, uh, like, it's almost like, I mean, I could dry fire a lot, but I'm already enjoying and having fun what I'm doing. So, why? If dry fire doesn't seem fun enough for me to want to just do it, I'll just keep enjoying it at the level I'm at, and I'll keep making some awesome memes all the time. And like, yeah, yeah. 
I don't. I, yeah. I think that's. I think that's a great. Uh, like that's a great place to be in the sport. Yeah, I mean, you make the sport what you want it to be. If if you did want to join the uh, the Hit Factor Wake Up Call list, I could have Jeremy give you a call. Okay. At, you know, five in the morning, and he can yeah. get you up and yell at you. Get you what, ready to do some dry fire. Which level of Patreon subscription is this? Yeah. To be that'd determined. Be, yeah, that'll be Patreon probably four or five. Okay. That's going to be very expensive, though. Yeah. <laughs> but we I, can do I, it. I think of shooting as kind of like golf with uh, handguns. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, you, yeah. you got people who play golf, you know, twice a year. You've got people who play golf every day and they're working to improve. Uh, as much as they can, you've got people who play golf, you know, once a week. They have a regular game on Saturday with their with their buddies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The level of involvement you can have in shooting, I think, is very similar to to golf. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, Jay Headland says, "Shout out to my hands; they hurt." I think he was working on a gun today, doing some bunch of filing, fitting. If your hands hurt, John, shaping like you, you, you need to work on how you hold the file because it shouldn't hurt you. Oh, you have like a finesse, like you can't even feel the file. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's it just it's like not that you can't. It's not that you can't feel it, but. Like you should be putting your body in a position such that it won't hurt you to run a file. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a skill issue. Yeah. It's a sk- obviously. Saying. Obviously, it's a skill issue. Yeah. Skill Shit. issue. And Bill says, quit playing Starfield at Dry Fire, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> <Gotta> get good. <laughs> Uh, questions, or do you have something else, Jeremy? I, I will be shooting the Arkansas section this weekend. Uh, I'll be shooting That's on right. Saturday. Jeff's shooting on Friday. Yeah. Oh snap! Yeah. Where Where in Arkansas do you live? Uh, in Bryant. It's a little bit southwest of uh, Little Rock, down I thirty. Okay. Uh, and the the range. Uh, Casa, where the match is going to be at, is uh, west of Little Rock. Is that the one that had Area Four a couple years ago, like three or four years ago? Uh, it it's had Area Four before. I don't know when, hmm. but I'm pretty sure it's had it before. Jeff, you were there. You were <sighs> at that match. You were shooting production Canic. I'm pretty oh, sure that was probably old old fort. Then. Oh, that yeah. was old fort. fort. Yeah. I've actually yeah, never been to was. this to this range. I've never been. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. You want a question? Let's let's hammer it. Okay, we already did this one. Hold on, let me find us a good one here. Okay, this one. Uh, this one's about uh, some target focus with irons. This would be, this would be a good one because Bill shoots irons. 
right? For the most part? For the most part, yeah. All right. Okay, question. Been shooting production optics for a while, but decided to shoot a few matches in classic again. So I guess this is a Ipsic guy. Here's the problem. I find it so difficult to be target-focused with irons, and honestly, shooting with both eyes open and being front sight focused is already a massive challenge. But seriously, if you have a target with a no-shoot covering most of the A-zone at, let's say, 15 yards, are you still target-focused? Or will then you do a sneaky little winky-wink and shoot it front sight focused? All right. Uh, Jeremy. Well, I'm not, like, a target-focused shooter, so uh, this is how I explain my, like, focus uh my vision is that basically the diff like the eyes are going back and like you're not sta- i'm not staying at at a front sight focal plane all the time when i'm going throughout a stage like you you do there is a eyes going back and forth um how I explain it is the more difficult, like the, the easier the target, the more your eyes stay on target and the more difficult the target, the more your eyes are coming back to your front sight. Like you're spending more time bringing your eyes back to the front sight. Whereas if it's a 50 yard target, then yeah, you're going to have to be pretty, I'm going to be pretty hard front sight focused because I want to make sure that my relationships exactly correct there. Uh, so that's I don't know if that's a good explanation for them because I target focus just doesn't work great for me. So I use front sight focus and and I don't think that hinders me. Honestly, I don't think it is a hindrance to me at all. I could be wrong, but I don't I don't feel that it is. So Gotcha. Bill, what's your take? Uh I mean I try to be target focused. And I, I often get pulled into the front side. Uh, yeah. I took a, a class from Ben earlier in the year, and he uh, took a Sharpie to the top of my uh, fiber objects to to darken them up. And that made it a little bit easier for me not to get sucked into the the front side because the, the fiber's not as bright. Yeah, uh, yeah. But... Uh, I mean that—that's really my my only thought. I don't. It, it seems like I shoot better when I stay target focused, but I can't do it all the time gotcha. at all. Like, What's your eye dominance, Bill? Right, right eye dominant, and I'm right. So you shoot right eye, so both eyes open. Yeah, right eye dominant. You're good to go. Yeah, nice. Makes it easy. See, that's so funny because I want to be more front sight focused, but like I like that's what I'm trying to do. But my body wants to be target focused because I'm left eye dominant. It's like I have to make myself come back, like make sure that I'm looking for that front sight. Uh, So that's that's kind of fascinating that our bodies are doing the different things. Left handed. I mean, yeah, shoot wrong-handed. If Wait, I, so my... 
So Go you ahead. shoot? Do you shoot right eyed? Yeah, I use my right eye. Do you close your left eye? No. You can train it. I'm still left eyed. Jeremy's still stubborn to shoot left eye dominant. I'm still left eye dominant, but you can train. You can train your body which eye it sees out of. So like so you're like, training your dominance. Does does it ever switch in the middle of the stage? Uh, I I have, I've never noticed it like that. Like so, if it's a if I like if it becomes a problem at all, sometimes you can just simply squint just a little bit. Uh, you know, there's that old trick where you'd put tape on your over yeah. the just scotch tape right over your lens, and that'll make you see out of your right eye, cause or whichever eye you want to see out of. <laughs> I'm actually kind of surprised at all these people. Bill, have you ever tried to put tape over your right lens to force no. yourself to use your left eye? No. I, I wonder Not what that all. would do for you, target focused people. If that would, uh, if that would help you be more target focused. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the, the original dot occlusion was just putting tape on your glasses, not on the red dot. Yeah. Yeah. That's That sounds like crazy talk, Jeremy. That I'm left eye dominant, but I aim with my right eye? That you can say you're left eye dominant, but you shoot both eyes open and shoot with your right eye. Just like, that doesn't it. even make sense to me. You can train. Skill issue. <laughs> yeah, you can train your body to do what you tell your body to do. If you don't have to just be a slave to whatever your body says it wants to do. So then you essentially just have selective dominance. You get to pick your dominance. I I don't know if that's like I can't. I don't necessarily know. I can't just like sit there with a gun in front of me and just go. Oh, left eye. Oh, right eye. Oh, left eye. I can't just do that. But like I have, I have trained long enough that my body, whenever I aim, like a line, it lines up with my right eye. Hey, okay. So you you just got your index so that you index it in front of your right eye. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what to tell you, Jeff. But I don't know what to tell you. I don't, I don't even know if you understand what dominance is. I don't think you understand what dominance is, but <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. All I know is I'm stronger than my eyes perception. So uh, you can be weaker than your eyes if you want to, but one of yeah, us is going to be stronger. We're going to overcome You just have to it. decide who's going to be in charge. You exactly. or your eyes. That's right. That's is this right. why you, is this why you hate uh, left-handed people so much? You're just like, you weak They're just bitch. Weak. Why don't you just choose to be right-handed? <laughs> you dumbass. I mean, there's look, look. If if my kid was left-handed, he's not. But if he was left-handed, I would make him shoot right-handed, even if he was left-handed. <laughs> Jesus, it's like why? Why would you fight it? Like all this no. ambi safeties and all that sort of stuff. Just shoot freaking right-handed. I would a hundred percent do that. Uh, okay, he, he's right-handed. He's right-handed. Uh, so that's not a not an issue. I was Did actually start out right-handed. He did. He did. I was hoping. I was hoping he was going to be more ambidextrous. Quite frankly, that's what I was hoping. But he very much, very much came out and does everything with his right hand. So he's pretty right hand, right hand dominant. Like Jeff, I don't know what to tell you other than like you should just pay attention more because this is not like a like your mind is being blown right now. But this is not like a 
weird or strange thing. I don't feel like this oh, is Oh, yes, it is. A, oh, no. it 100% is. Dude. I've talked to so many people in shooting, and everybody is like, uh, struggles like with their dominance or has a particular issue. Like they're left handed, right eye dominant, uh, left handed, don't have a dominant, so they have to figure out how to work with that. But nobody has said, oh, yeah, I'm left hand, I'm left eye dominant. But I just shoot with my right eye and keep both eyes open. It's just not a problem. <laughs> Nobody has said that. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> okay, whatever. I'm going to answer this question now. Okay, please do. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, first thing I would say is, like, don't get super caught up in being target-focused. Uh, I would I would say, like, the more important thing is trying to figure out what you can do the fastest. Uh, if if that means you can shoot uh, sight focused and you can do that fast like Jeremy does, apparently he does it pretty well with his weird eyes and weird <laughs> brain. Uh, but I know for, for me, I definitely can transition and move the gun around more uh, more accurately, like moving it uh, more specifically if I'm target focused. So that works better for me. But yeah, then on those long shots, uh, a lot of times I will need to go to a sight focus, but I have to kind of be careful with it too. Because if I go sight focus too early, then it's almost like I can't get the gun to settle where I want it to. So I think there's there's sort of a mix there where you're like, you really got to focus on where you want that gun to go focus it on that target uh but then like adjusting your your focal depth uh to where you can break that shot the most accurately but i don't know if any of that's super helpful but uh, i feel like you said the same thing i said in that like there's this there's this there's just a certain amount of time that you're waiting for that front sight to come more in focus, to come harder in focus. And depending on how difficult that shot is, if the shot's only a medium difficulty, that front sight may only get halfway in focus before you're like, okay, that's good enough, and you start shooting. Or, or it's a headshot, and you're going to wait until that front sight comes in entirely in focus so that you know that everything's lined up perfectly before you can break the shot. Yeah, and this is where you'll kind of get into the nuances of the word focus, because is focus what your focal focus is on, or is focus what your brain is focused on? Because, you know, I could be focused on this lamppost, but I'm thinking about something in my blurry that's in my peripheral over here. So there's also that that aspect of it. It's like I'm focally focused here, but I'm mentally focused on this blurry sight that's coming in over here. Um, yeah. I actually so, think that's a huge part of it. Because I think yeah. most of it's, uh, even whatever you think about what I'm doing with my eyes being weird, like most of us, our eyes are going to kind of look towards whatever we are mentally focusing on. Like it's going to be yeah. really hard for us to distinguish. <laughs> it's going to be really hard for us to, I'm going to think about the center of the target, but I'm going to look hard at the front sight. I think that's yeah. going to be really hard. So I think that's why people find a lot of success with with target focus is because yeah. they're 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 thinking about the middle of the target and they're looking at the middle of the target. So like yeah. they're like those two things are both in concert. Uh so that's the challenge if you're going to be front sight focused is finding it 
that's my challenge with being front sight focused is often sometimes I will find my sight picture is perfect, but it's not actually centered on the target. Like that's that's where it's actually steel is where I where that is the the biggest struggle for me is that my sights will be I'll have a good sight picture, but it's just not in the middle of the piece of steel. Uh, And so that's, you know, that's kind of, that's an interesting uh, thought process. And, and I, I question somewhat people say I'm all target focused or I'm all front sight focused. I actually really question like if you could know what their eyes are actually focused on, like what focal plane they're actually at, I'd be, it would be really fascinating to see how accurate they are or if it's really just a mental switch and what they're thinking about, how they're thinking about aiming. I yeah. Think, uh, ben Barry in an episode of his podcast earlier this year, he, he talks about the Eric Grapple class he took. Mm. And, and he asked Eric whether he was target focused on everything or front side focused or, or what. And I think Eric said that he switches back and forth and he'll sometimes close one eye. And so yep. it's like Jeff said, it, whatever is fastest and gets you the best hits is. I mean, if it's stupid and it works, it's not stupid. So, right, yep. do whatever gets you the best, uh, the best results. I guess. I'm not going to yeah. tell Eric he's wrong. <laughs> no, no, I, I wouldn't either. And, and I, you know, I think that's a. I do think that's kind of a an interesting thing you said, Bill. Is that, uh. It seems like people really want to get married to a specific school of thought. Like they want to marry themselves of, I am target focused all the time. And like, they're like, feel like they have to marry themselves and devote themselves to that train of thought. Or I am front sight focused. Either one target focus seems to be the flavor currently. Uh, Like I, I don't know that that, that you need to be like married to that specific train of thought and, and it that's I'm just trying to do that 100% of the time. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I actually have a yeah. pretty strong opinion on on that that idea. Um, you do? I don't I don't think you're going to be a good competitor if if you bear yourself to a single school of thought. I think you have to be much more exploratory than that because everyone's different. Everyone's uh Focal abilities are different. Everyone's hand-eye coordination is different. I think you really need to do a lot more exploring, and you need to figure out what works for your body and for your mind and the way it works. So I think you need to be a lot more exploratory and curious on what what you're capable of rather than getting married to an idea of this is how you do it. Um, you know, you maybe you are, the one person that that specific school of thought is going to be like the ticket for, but chances are it's going to work pretty good because whoever's teaching it is probably pretty good at shooting. But I don't think getting married to a school of thought is going to take you to your full potential. Yeah. Yeah. If if you want to get good, then yeah, kind of submit and, and follow a, a school of thinking. But if you want to maximize your own potential, at some point you'll have to break away from that. At some point yeah. you'll have to figure out, hey, and when that is for you, like when you when you try to make that split and and go, like I don't know when that is. Uh, 
you know, as a C-class shooter, it's probably a good idea just to do what good people tell you to do. Yeah. Right. But yeah. when you're starting to get into MGM and, and trying to win a nationals at some point, you just gotta, okay, I'm going to do what works for me. And this got me so far, but yeah, I'm going to do something it's, different. It's, I think kind of envision it as one of those tasks. That's like the second half of shooting. Uh, it's like, you know, if you're thinking about classifications, then getting GM is like the first half of the journey. So you get to GM. Well, now from GM, you want to you want to figure out how to win big matches. So now this part of it is about really exploring how to get better uh, and figure out ways to to adapt things to you specifically and figure out how you can be the best competitor. So, and maybe you start doing that earlier. I don't know. I was just kind of splitting it into two halves, but Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It's a good thought. I like it. And, uh, what else you got? Anything else? Nope. That's about all I got. Uh, if you want to enjoy the discord, Link will be in the description. If you're going to use Shears Connection, please use the link, support the podcast. If you want to get a hold of Bill, how do they get do that, Bill? Uh, I'm in the Discord, and uh, I'm on Instagram at bill.godbold. There you go. Easy to find. It is. So it's, it's actually very interesting talking to Bill in person because... His Discord persona, you expect him to be a little bit more aggressive in person. Like his Discord persona is a, a bit more aggressive. And then we get on here and he's like, he's very thoughtful. Like he's like fairly soft spoken. Uh, and, you know, it's, he's not like, so that there's this meme aspect to Bill that, <laughs> that he has inside of him. But it's apparently it's more of a, that's his, more of an online persona. We all have one. I guess. <laughs> uh so I do have I do have a word of warning to people if they make it this far in the podcast. Okay. There's a there's there's a much longer story to this, uh, which maybe not appropriate for, for podcast listening audience, but uh so I have a I have this garden, right? Like we, we planted like a salsa garden and like like a raised, I built like a raised bed, and so we have some tomatoes planted, some onions, chives planted, some jalapenos, and some habaneros planted. I feel like we should get Tyler and Jay on here. Yeah. Well, we we could. There would be a. They could come like critique because after they hear what happened. So off of this, I had three Roma tomato plants that survived. Uh, they built up pretty big, but I've gotten one tomato off of it, and it was like twice the size of my thumb, and that's all I've gotten. Uh, I was a little late planting, so that's a little bit it. But I, I also got I got one habanero pepper off of it, and that like my two habanero plants have gotten one habanero pepper. That's it. And then I've quite a few jalapenos, but they're really small. They're not they're not very big. And then the, there's a few onions that have kind of you don't know what's there. So it's like okay, I have enough. I have a tomato. I have some onions. I got a habanero and I got a jalapeno. I've got enough to make like a really small bowl of salsa. So I did. It's like, a, and I've got a buddy that really loves like super hot stuff. And I'm like, okay, it's a habanero with some jalapeno. It could be fairly hot. We're going to make like a, a small bowl of salsa for him. 
Uh, all that to say, gentlemen, whenever you, I was late, we were meeting at this person's house. We're in a hurry. I forgot I was going to make the salsa. I'll make it really quick. If you cut up a bunch of peppers and you make some salsa, wash your hands before you go to the bathroom. That's oh, just, no. that's just all like, just all I'm going to say uh, is wash your hands. There's, there's a much longer story after the fact that's actually quite hilarious uh, that you got to have to join the Patreon to hear about. Um, <laughs> but just, that's just, that's just a word of word of advice for people. I, I thought about it ahead of time. I thought, okay, after you cut this up, wash your hands. And yeah, I was yeah. in a hurry and I just forgot. And then I, I went and I, I used the bathroom and, and then you remembered. And then about five minutes later, it, I remembered, and I was just curious if I was um, being circumcised as an adult a second time. Is what I was. <laughs> is what I th- I thought might have been happening. Um, chemically, chemically circumcised. Yes, Ooh. chemically circumcised. So that's just my <laughs> word of warning. Just bit of wisdom. Jeremy's wisdom thoughts for the thoughts for the podcast. Just to uh, wrap yeah. things up. Life lessons. Yeah, that's solid. Yeah. So we're not, just, I, we're not just about shooting around here. I I really like the way you say habanero. Is that what you say? Habanero? Yeah. And how, how do you say it? <laughs> no, say habanero and jalapeno again. Habanero and jalapeno? <laughs> jalapeno. <laughs> how do you say it? Uh, not like that. Uh, Let me I hear just, it. I just, I just love the way you say it. I said them both just now. No, I have a, a not similar, but I also have a habanero uh, experience when I was a kid. I was like, I think we were at like a church you event. You know you're wrong, I, right? He's not doing the in with the the whatever it is. Yeah, you know you're wrong, right? Like it's not habanero. So <laughs> I say it. Okay, just and all all the kids in the youth group were like cutting them up and eating them, and I just like threw one in my mouth and. I regretted that pretty quickly. And then I like went over to the sink to like do something or my eyes started watering. So I went like this, I like oh, wiped God. out my oh. eye. Yes. Yeah. It was just like straight into my eye. So I spent, I think I was under the sink for like 20 or 30 minutes, just like water straight into my eye. That just has to have sucked pretty bad. Yeah. yeah I could have opened the eye for like 20, 30 minutes. I awesome. bet not. It and took that's an why hour. Jeff for me. is right eye dominant. That is yeah. why. Yes, yes. That's why Jeff's right eye dominant. This this one. If you have weak dominance, this one trick will fix you. It'll work. <laughs> hey, don't be a don't have a weak body. Is all I can say. Nice. All right, that's all I got. Thanks for listening, people. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, Bill. We yeah, really appreciate it. Here. It's fantastic.